Welcome again to another edition of Shelter Daily and His Word. Joy to have all of you tuning in with us this fine day. I'm looking forward to just uh, diving into the Word of God this morning. I know that there are a number of things that are happening in your life and mine, uh, situations that have come and uh, things that are, are just going on around us. Uh, it almost looks as if the world itself is coming unhinged. But I want you to know this morning that God is in control of everything that is happening and that nothing takes him by surprise. So whatever your need is this morning, whatever you're faced with, whatever you're going through, I want you to know this morning that our God is able. He's bigger than any problem, bigger than any word that's negative, bigger than any situation and circumstance that we face in life. And it is up to you and I to always draw our attention to him. Thus the reason why that I'm standing behind this chair this morning. Because again, I want you to focus your attention, not on me, but would you focus your attention on the King of glory? Would you allow him to do in your life whatever's necessary to make you and to bring you and to create in you all that he desires you to be? Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for the opportunity we have just to draw into your word. I pray, God, that you will just bless our time together and let it be profitable for our lives as we grow in grace, as we share our faith, as we love on one another. And God, as most of all, as we always draw our attention to you, thank you for being our God, for being our Savior. Thank you for being our Father, Abba, Father. We cry, Abba, Father, to you today. Lord, trusting in you for all the things that are before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're just kind of focusing in on Matthew chapter 24, looking at some things that are going on. And we've been looking at, at some of the, the, the signs that give us indication of the coming of the Lord. And I want us to, uh, when we when talk about the coming of the Lord, I'm talking about the second coming. So uh, you got to put it in light of all the events that are going to be happening between the rapture and his second coming. That is the rapture of the church. What will the world look like prior to the rapture of the church? What will the world be like once the church is gone? What will the world experience uh, during the tribulation period? And then what will it be like uh, as the day comes for Jesus to come again and establish his kingdom on the earth for the next thousand years. We'll talk later about rapture. We'll talk later about those kinds of things. But I just want to focus on the coming of the Lord. Why? Because I want you, I want you to know that the story's not over. It's not ended yet. It hasn't finished. That the Lord still is working, still available, still moving. And he still desires to draw people in. And I believe with all my heart that that's what we're here for. We're here as the, as the body of Christ to be a light to the people in darkness, to be a city set on a hill. We're to be the salt to the world, to bring flavor and to bring into the things, uh, the circumstances, the situations, the very ne necessary and needful presence of the Holy Ghost in the time that we live in. I praise God that we're here. I praise God for the times that we're in. Yeah, they're difficult, but Jesus said they would be. Yes, they're troublesome. But again, Jesus told us they would be. So if we know these things, then we need to hold fast our profession of faith without wavering, and we need to focus in on what God is, what God is saying to us and what it is our role is during these times. What are we supposed to be doing? So let's look at some more of the things that are coming out. When we left you, uh, yesterday we left you with the idea that uh, Jesus talked about how there would be false prophets that would come. And he tells us, and I want to I uh, uh, focus in on when, 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 when uh, in Mark 
chapter 13, he said, false Christ, false prophets will rise showing signs and wonders. We talked about how that, you know, that in these last days, there's going to be much more deception, deceiving people, even to the point to where even deceiving the elect, those who are called of God, those who have been, who have uh, been uh, brought into the kingdom. If we're not careful, we could even be deceived. If you don't think so, just go back in the word again and see at times how that many were deceived by the things that were going on and fall, fell by the wayside and got caught up in, in the things of the world rather than keeping their eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ. So he said, take heed again and, and, and remember that I told you these things. Then Paul, again, uh, go back to uh, 1 Timothy and, and look at what Paul says in 1 Timothy 4. 1. He says, know now the Spirit expressly says, all right, that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So here, here the Apostle Paul. So for those of you who say, well, you know, I know what Jesus said, you know, but how does that ring true to us today? Well, Paul comes along and says, look, you know, you've got to understand that the Spirit is telling us that in the latter times, now he's not just talking about their times, latter times. He's talking about in times coming, there is going to be a, a departure of the faith. There's going to be people who followed the Lord, who were, who were uh, uh, engaged in the things of the church. They were uh, ministers who preached the gospel, people that stood in pulpits and, and uh, shared their faith. There were people that uh, willingly gave you know, themselves to the work of the kingdom of God. He said, all of a sudden, they're going to depart. And the reason they're going to depart is because they're giving heed to deceiving spirits to this spirit of deception that is coming on the earth. Folks, this is the warning over and over and over again that the Lord Jesus kept telling us and he's, the Holy Spirit speaking and saying to us as the church, even in 2020, be careful not to be deceived. And you can see the stage is being set. You can see, uh, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, just looking at the things that are going on, the, the weather patterns, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the waging of war, the rising of nations, and all those things, the, uh, the, the lawlessness. But here's the reality. There is a battle that is raging between the powers of darkness and the powers of Christ, and we do not know when he'll return, but we know he is going to return, and this clash is going on every day and we're seeing evil and we're seeing you know unrighteousness what at times looks like it's prevailing and there's battles going on on all different fronts around us to the point that we have to be we have to understand what Jesus was saying when he said in Matthew 24 44 be ye also ready for the son of man is coming at an hour that you don't expect so when I read that, I'm thinking, if the world has no expectation of Jesus coming, if the world itself and even many in the church world are not really expecting the return of the Lord, then we must be on the verge of his imminent return. Because he said that it's coming in an hour when you don't expect it. 
You know, if you remember the analogy the Lord uses, he uses this analogy of about a thief. Had a homeowner known the thief would come, he would have prepared for his coming. He would have made ready to ensure that his household would be safe and his property would be safe. But because the thief comes at an hour that you're not looking or you're not really paying attention, isn't it, isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to just go into a normal pattern of life? We wake up in the morning, we have our coffee, we have our conversation, we do our thing through the day, and we do it, and then the next day comes, and we do the same thing again. We go to work, we do our stuff, and we just kind of routinely do things. Never knowing, never expecting anything negative to happen, never looking for it, not really watching for it, not paying attention. You know, it's kind of like what happened Sunday when, you know, we went to church as Pentecost Sunday. God was moving in a marvelous way. We, you know, we had a great opportunity to share with the, the, with, the, with the believers in the house finally to be able to come into the house of God. And no sooner do we finish up the service that we hear that there's riots breaking out. And we're hearing about riots going across everywhere. We think, what's going on? I, the truth of the matter is, you know, and I, I'm not, you know, I, I usually stay pretty up on, on the news and stuff, but because I was gone for a, a few days, uh, w there was a lot of things that happened that I was not even aware of. I didn't even know what was taking place. I was unaware. Had I been aware, things probably would have been different. Now that I am aware, things are different. This is the point I'm trying to make. This is the point that, that Jesus was saying to us that he will come when you least expect him to come. When you find yourself in those places. And so, again, listen to what, what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. He said this in, in, in his second letter to them. In 2 Thessalonians, um, he, he says this. He said, this is manifest evidence of the righteousness of the righteous kingdom, or I'm sorry, let me say it again, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? He's saying you got to understand you got to understand that this is the evidence that, that God will bring judgment because of those who have been holding and suffering through this. You know, the thing, most people don't want to wait for God to do what God said he would do. We would rather take matters in our own hands and do it our own way and, and, and just get it over with as if that's going to make a difference. The truth is, violence, meeting violence, brings more violence. You don't, you don't fix something by being violent 
or by causing others to suffer. If you are suffering at the hand of someone else, the idea is in, in men is that, well, therefore I need to make them suffer like I suffer. But that's not the way God does it. You understand, God is going to work it out. If you just keep your eyes on him, he'll, he'll make matters. See, the, the reality is we think that we're wrestling flesh and blood. We're not. We're wrestling spirits, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spirits that control governments, control leaders, control people. They're under the influence of these demonic spirits, and they're the ones that are working. And so what are they going to do? Well, if you're standing for God, you know what you're going to do? You're going to suffer. Jesus said, if you live a godly life, you're going to suffer persecution. He warned us of these things. He didn't say, oh, if you live a godly life, oh, everything's going to be peaches and cream. It's just going to be a bed of roses. You're just going to be able to walk through life, never have a care in the world. That's not what he said. But here's what he does tell us. He says that if you are suffering because of your righteous living, God himself will repay, will repay those with the tribulation because they've troubled you you have to know god will deal with these matters this is what we this is how god does it. god will deal with matters that you don't have to deal with so if i'm standing up for christ and if i'm living my life for jesus christ and i'm you know i'm sharing my faith and i'm loving on people and i'm caring for people who are hurt, those who are without i'm doing what i can to help them and and I'm doing all the stuff that the Word of God tells me that I'm supposed to be doing because of my love for Jesus. And, and, and I'm met with trouble. I'm met with persecution. I'm met with those kinds of things. You know what? Jesus said, count it all joy that you are worthy to suffer in the same manner that Christ has suffered. And that the day will come when He Himself and with His mighty angels well, they will, he will bring vengeance on those. So this is, it's clear to us, right? That Christ's righteous ways are better than our ways. And that if we'll trust him through it, you know, he has a name that is above every name. He has a name upon, uh, that's written upon him, the Bible tells us, that no one knows except himself. A name that, uh, that, is, that is higher, that, that a cause higher, one higher than anything we can even imagine. And if we'll trust Him, despite all that's going on, you know what? God's going to move. God's going to move. God's going to move. In fact, how will He move? Well, when He comes in judgment, it, it, it's amazing of the prophet Isaiah. Uh, gives us a, a vivid picture of, of the righteous judge coming to judge the earth. He, he, when he comes, he comes to judge. He comes to, to rule. So he says in Isaiah 63, you can read Isaiah 63 verses 1 through 6, he talks about this glorious one who's a, who appears and his apparel is, is vivid and bright and, and he comes with great strength and he speaks words that are mighty to save and and then he then he notices that his apparel is red and his garments uh, are, are stained 
as if he had been one treading through a wine press. And, 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 and he says, why are they staying? He said, I alone have tread through the wine press and I alone have done it. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I'm the one that have, have come because of my anger and I've trampled these who have refused to follow me in my fury and my garments are sprinkled with their blood. He said, for the day of vengeance is in my heart. The year of my redeemed has come. In other words, he comes to bring vengeance on those who've been redeemed. You know, I remember reading in Revelations where he talks about how that there are martyred saints that cry out from underneath the altar, how long, O Lord, will it be before you bring vengeance upon your redeemed, upon those who've died for you? And hear this passage in Isaiah. Isaiah sees a day coming when Messiah will come as king and he comes with vengeance and wrath. This is why the Bible says he rules with a rod of iron. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's the Lord. His garment sprinkled in blood. He arrives and speaks righteousness and he, and he takes his rightful place uh, and, he, and he brings about this change on the earth and he utters his voice. See, the Bible in Revelation tells us that Christ is called the Word of God. In, in, in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He is the complete revelation of God to the, to the world. That's Jesus. You know, there's no other way but by Jesus. There's no other hope but Jesus. There's nothing else that we can hold to except Jesus. He comes with great victory, with great glory. He's seen with, with the armies of heaven, angelic hosts and the saints of God all coming together. The saints are no longer the church rejected or persecuted or martyred. No, this is the church. It, what Isaiah sees, he sees the, the triumphant church coming and out of the mouth of Christ will come judgment. A sharp sword. You know, the Bible talks about the Word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joint and marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intents of hearts. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that He will come, the Bible says, He will come and He will smite the nations and He will rule them. The time is coming. I'm telling you, the time is coming. And we need to be ready. We need, that's why he says to take heed. It goes back to what we said early on. Take heed, watch, and pray. Take heed, watch, and pray. Why? Because deceivers are going to come. Situations, circumstances are going to come. Stuff is going to happen. And, 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 and this is the fulfillment. I'm telling you, this is the fulfillment. If you go back to the Old Testament and you read the fulfillment of Scripture, it's very clear. Like Psalms 2, verses 8 and 9. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth uh, for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. What is that? This, he's talking about the time of the millennial. He's talking about the time when he comes the second time to rule on the earth. And he's going to give you and I, those who have been followers of Christ, those who have, have, have been persecuted, those who have, have lived martyred lives, those who have, all those things that have gone on, no longer is that going to be the case. <clears throat> now we're the triumphant church. We come and he says, ask me. I'll give you nations. 
I'll give you nations. Now, I know people use that as a prayer, you know, to pray for nations and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand the context is the psalmist was saying that this is looking into the future and said there's a future coming when the saints of God, when the church triumphant, with, with all the hosts of heaven will come and the nations will be ruled. If you look at Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 through 27, he said, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like potter's vessels. Again, where'd you hear that? The psalmist said the same thing. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 25 to 28, it says this, For he must reign till he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Oh, praise God. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is, is, is accepted. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all and in all. The day's coming. This is the church. I'm telling you, the church sharing in co-rulership with him under the authority of Christ. And, and, and we bring judgment through his church. Revelation 19, 15 declares, Now out of the mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron and he himself treads the winepress of his fierceness and the wrath of almighty god this is what this is what the, the isaiah was talking about he says his garments his garments are stained as if he was treading through a wine press. And if you know anything about wine presses, you know you go in a wine press and, and, and it, it, you, you see them in there and they're, they're with their feet, they're smashing. They're smashing the grapes with their, and their garments are being splattered by the, by the, the red of the, of the grape as, it comes, as the juice comes forth. And, and it says on his garment, look at his robe. Think about it. This is the king, his robe. Revelation 19, Revelation 17, 1 Timothy 6. You can read this. It says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. This is the title that God uses uh, when he spoke to Moses. You remember in Deuteronomy? He said, for the Lord is your God. The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of Lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. Again, the deity, this is the one. We're talking about Christ himself as the ruler of all things. At the present time, the Lordship of Christ is not visible to the world. His return will reveal his Lordship not only to believers, but to the entire, to the entire world. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every, uh, those of heaven and those in the earth and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Folks, I'm telling you, it is written 
Romans 14, 11. As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess to God. Isaiah declared it. He said it. He swore it by himself. He said, look, he said, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and will not return that to me, that to me every, until every knee bows and every tongue takes the oath. What's he talking about? He's talking about the days coming when the king of kings will rule forever. So folks, get ready. The king of glory is coming. Get ready. It's about to happen. Jesus Christ is going to return. Are you ready for his return? Have you made all things prepared? Are you prepared? Are you ready for it? Because if you're not ready, you'll miss it. You'll have to endure this other side of things. But make your heart ready. If you make yourself ready, you'll come with him, with the saints. We'll come to rule and reign with the Lord. Father, speak to our hearts today. Let us, oh God, be ready. Make ourselves ready for what you have ready for us. God, for our family, help us to be witnesses of the things we hear and see, the things we know. God, to declare truth in this generation. Lord, when a world is, is just turned upside down, Father, I pray that we, Lord, will come and will bring things right side up again as we speak words of life and truth to your people. We love you, God. Thank you for the strength. Thank you for helping us to endure to the very end. We give you praise for it because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Well, thank you again for tuning in for another episode of Shelter Daily in His Word. I, I trust that you uh, are blessed by the Word of the Lord today and that you'll be encouraged to continue to go forward. Share with someone. Let us know what you think. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you again for Shelter Daily in His Word.